Well, that's an indication, Father Dominic Bauch, that we are heading to Straight Talk. We're excited to bring you this segment, folks, on Real Presence Live. It's called Straight Talk, and it's your opportunity to share your questions and comments on topics related to the faith or on things happening in the world around us with our local hosts and priests. Uh, when you hear the sound effect, which we just did, now it's time to call 877-795-0122 or send your questions, comments to us on Facebook. We would love to hear from you. And again, that number, 877-795-0122. And it looks like we have a listening audience here in the studios at uh, St. <laughs> Mary Central High School. That's right. They have nothing better to do all day. They just kind of sit around and uh, text their friends. Yes, indeed. Now we have one student... Uh, here, Elizabeth Pearl. Uh, she plays volleyball, basketball? Yes, basketball. And she also is an assistant chaplain, a senior. And uh, I told her to ask any question she wants so long as it's easy and makes me look good. So, Well, welcome. And uh, could you give, me, give us your name and uh, your year of uh, uh, school? Uh, my name is Elizabeth Pearl, and I'm a senior this year. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. What a beautiful name, St. Elizabeth. <laughs> yes. Thank, thank you for uh, being part of the listening audience here at yes. uh, Light of Christ Catholic Schools. We're live from St. Mary's Central High School in Bismarck, North Dakota. We have Elizabeth uh, on the headphones now. And uh, Father Dominic, uh, she, uh, she has a question. I'm just anxious to hear. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm more anxious. Are, are you a little? <laughs> so go ahead, Elizabeth. Okay, so my question is, um, in today's day and age, what do you think is the number one thing that draws people away from the Catholic faith? Well, that's a great question, and a little bit of everything, that's the problem. Uh, there's so many, and it, what, I would say the hardest thing of being a priest, and like, the one thing in my life, of all like the dumb decisions I've ever made, and will make, and whatever, the one thing I know that's constant is God, mm. and primarily, I experience Him through my Catholic faith, and I've always loved my Catholic faith, which doesn't mean I'm perfect, and doesn't mean, you know, I understand it completely, perfectly all the time. But if I if I didn't have my Catholic faith, I don't know what I would do with my life, literally. I mean that very, like, if if I got a, a email from God and it said, actually, the Catholic faith is false, and there you go. I, I mean, my life would change very radically, just in how I think of the world. And so trying to communicate that, you know, like John the Baptist, you sometimes feel like a voice crying out in the wilderness of this world, where it's like, kids... Just whatever you do in your life, just stay Catholic. And it kind of—it sounds basic, but it is basic because it's the most basic thing that we have: our relationship with God. And we have a very specific way of having a relationship with God: the, the sacraments. You know how beautiful it is in my own life to have got, to be able to go to confession and and receive forgiveness for my sins. How beautiful it is to receive Jesus in the body and blood of Christ. And so you, you see the beauty of it, and then you see the fact that so many people fall away and uh you know siblings and people's kids at the parish and there's so many people fall away from the faith and i think just having that confidence that of all the things in the world that are going against you you know you go to college and things get crazy you're 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 in your you know home life with mom and dad for 18 years and all of a sudden boom you can go you know spread your wings and everything's different and you you're in charge of making your own decisions and what of all the things that change in your life throughout your whole life the one thing that stays constant is your faith in god maybe things are going really well maybe things are going really poorly but 
if you cling to God, that's the one, if, if, even if nothing else is staying the same, that you still have that relationship with him. And that's put, that puts everything in perspective. It makes your highs, you know, in perspective. It makes your lows, and even more importantly, in perspective, too. That maybe I'm going through a tough time right now, but I know where I can turn to. As I preached at our homecoming mass, that no matter where you are in your life, you're always welcome to come home. That you can, you can come home to the Catholic Church to see that little red candle uh, in the sanctuary saying, Jesus is present with you. You're not alone. I'm here with you, and even if you've kind of rejected me, says God, you know, you're always welcome back. Always, always, always. And so the hardest thing, I think, when people go away to college, uh, when they kind of start living their own life, is they don't have a plan of how they're going to live their faith. And so they just say, oh, yeah, I'll be Catholic. And then they don't realize that there's like a conspiracy against them mm-hmm. saying, do not be Catholic, from all sorts of different voices. And so the first thing is to have a plan. Well, the first thing is to want to be Catholic. Okay, well, I'm assuming that, you know, that the the wonderful students of St. Mary's Central High School do want that. But then you have to have a concrete plan. Like, I'm going to go to this Mass on campus. I'm going to, you know, go to confession once every few months, and this is the day that I'm going to go. Put it in your calendar. But then the final thing is the most important, to have... The faith is all about relationships. So, primarily, it's about our relationship with God. But then it's about our relationships with other people. And if you think that you can withstand the, the onslaught of the, the secular world by yourself, you're sorely mistaken. And so the, 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 most, the best thing you can do is to have friends who support you in your faith, friends to go to Mass with, friends to go to confession with, and make it fun. So you, you go to Mass, uh, you know, the evening Mass on campus, right? and then go have, like, a non-alcoholic beer afterwards. You know, if you go to Mass in the morning, go to brunch afterwards. Make it a little fun, but you have to have those relationships that support uh, your commitment to the faith. Otherwise, y- you can't fight this whole battle on your own. Yes, we are. Again, folks, we are live from St. Mary's Central High School in Bismarck, North Dakota. Uh, we have Father Dominic Bauk, the uh, chaplain at, uh, uh, at the high school here, and he's answering your questions. Please call 877-795-0122. You can go to our Facebook page and send in a question, or you can go to our website, yourcatholicradiostation.com. So Elizabeth, where's, uh, and we have uh, a student here. Uh, Elizabeth is a. Uh, are you a senior? Yes. Did you say? And you were playing. You have a volleyball game uh, coming up. Or? Yeah, tomorrow we go to Dickinson. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, all the best to you on that. Thank you, uh, Elizabeth. And so, uh, did we answer your question? Yeah. Okay. Do you have any follow-up questions for us, or? Um. No, I think he answered it pretty thoroughly. Uh, oh, okay. Good answer. All right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, She's in my class right now, so she has to. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you very much. You thank enjoy you. your senior year here. Thank you. And uh, God bless you for coming in and taking time uh, out of your busy schedule to be here, live from uh, St. Mary's Central High School. Thank, thank you, Elizabeth. You. Okay, that number again, folks, uh, 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. Every morning, uh, Father Dominic, when I leave the house for a live show, my wife says, say, please say that number slowly, Mike. So, eight, She's a smart lady. <laughs> yes, she, you know her pretty well. Yeah. Uh, 877-795-0122. Uh, well, Father Dominic, uh, interesting uh, uh, readings here this morning. Uh, and it was a, uh, a reading from the beginning of Saint Letter or Saint uh, Letter of Saint Paul to the Romans, and uh, 
Uh, it started off here this morning. Uh, oh, we do have a caller uh, on the phone. We have uh, Don from Grand Forks while he's getting on the phone. Maybe we could talk about... Uh, uh, I just highlighted this this morning when I was reading it. And the first few words of the first reading, it says, Paul, comma, a slave of Christ Jesus. Now, could you, uh, could you speak to that, uh, Father Dominic, on uh, St. Paul was a, uh, a disciple of Christ, and, uh, but he says here, a slave of Christ Jesus. So it was interesting to me. It caught my eye, and I said, well, I wonder what that means. And I said, well, we have Father Dominic live <laughs> this morning on uh, uh, Straight Talk. Yeah, so, I mean, that is, it's a stark image, and Paul just wants to show that, you know, he, he used that image, like, who wants to be a slave? No one wants to be a slave, right? That's, like, a very <laughs> bad career choice. So why does he want, why, when he's, he's pitching this new gospel, this new message to the Roman people, and he says, I'm a slave. Okay, well, that's a pretty bad way to start. Like, hey, you want to be a slave? Me neither. Okay, so next, you know. And he was a Roman citizen, so he knew, you know, what it meant to have citizenship, right? To be a, to be a, a member of society with rights. And obviously we know that slaves don't have rights in the same way that citizens do. So why would he start off his epistle to the Romans saying, I am a slave? Well, as he'll go on to show, it's that the kind of paradox of, if we give our free will completely over to Jesus, it seems like that's we're losing something. But as we all know in our Christian faith, the more we give over our will to Jesus, the more true freedom that we receive. So there's nothing more free than being a slave of Jesus Christ. We have no more rights than when we give our freedom over to Jesus. And so paradoxically, yes, we do have to give something up, but whenever we give something up to God, we get infinitely more uh, in return. Amen. What a great answer. Thank you, Dominic, Father Dominic. And uh, uh, we have Don from Grand Forks on the line. Uh, good morning, Don. Thanks for joining us on Straight Talk this morning. Good morning. Hello, Don. I've got uh, uh, something to add to the, uh, the last call regarding young people leaving the faith when they go off to college. Uh, are you familiar with Father Robert Spitzer? Yes. He's got uh, a program that he calls his Seven Modules, uh, and he gives, you know, he's so aware of the fact that so many young people leave the faith uh, starting probably in even middle school, high school, but especially college. So he's got these seven modules where he uh, puts together, he gives the, the kids reasons and uh, ammunition to argue for the faith. Because a lot of them go off to school, uh, they have nothing, uh, and they get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm and they want to be popular, and, and the, the nature at many school settings is uh, you're weak if you're uh, going to follow Christ. So he gives them some weapons to come back with. So he, he puts together science, faith, and reason. And these modules are very good. Yeah, we, uh, we have a clergy conference in our diocese twice a year where all the priests and the bishop get together and we have a presenter from outside the diocese come and you know it's on various topics but this spring we all got together and father spitzer was our presenter and so 
he went through those modules and he went through some other stuff especially the shroud of turin but yeah no we all love <laughs> we all love father spitzer because first of all we all recognize that he's like a million times smarter than any of us so you just immediately listen to him. he's an astrophysicist <laughs> and uh he he just has such a beautiful witness of the faith. His faith is actually, you know, even though he's this genius astrophysicist who is president of Gonzaga University in Washington State, he's he's done it all and seen it all, and yet he maintains that kind of simple faith. Uh, but it's not just it's not simplistic. It's bolstered by all sorts of you know scientific evidence and and so on. And uh, yeah, you're exactly right. If if a student goes off to college unequipped. Or, or unprepared that people are going to challenge his or her faith, then it's, it doesn't usually go all that well. And so one of the good things, you know, we do at St. Mary's High School is try to prepare him for that. And one of our teachers, our religion teachers, goes through his four levels of happiness. I use them in my class all the time. Uh, that he, mm-hmm. he, he's uh, he, you, you can't be you can't be ignorant. You know, especially this day and age, you can't just right. say the faith doesn't come like automatically. You have to fight for it. And uh, I think we teach our students how to intellectually be prepared uh, when they go off to college. But yeah, it, you're, you're absolutely right, and thanks for the, uh, the tip. And one other point is that uh, uh, when you talk about uh, only the church and Christ being the permanent thing, uh, you know, I'm 69 going on 70, and uh, you come to realize how temporary everything is here and your journey on earth, everything. I mean, from friends to activities to what you like to do, what you can do, what you can't do, everything is fleeting except that one thing. And that's, that's a powerful image. And, you, and, and I've been thinking about that in recent uh, months, so, so it was interesting that you, were, that you brought that up, and, yeah. and I could really relate to that. It's powerful. Yeah, it really is. Thank you. Yeah, Don, thank you very much for joining us on uh, Straight Talk this morning. Uh, uh, Don, you have a great day. Have a good day, Don. Thank you for the question. You too. Yeah, bye-bye. All right, folks. uh, Thank you very much for listening in this morning. My name is Mike Kidrowski. I'm here with uh, the chaplain of St. Mary Central High School in Bismarck, North Dakota, uh, Father Dominic Bauk. We are in Straight Talk. And uh, we will take your questions. Please call 877-795-0122. And Father Dominic is standing by. He is anxious to take your next question. So please call in or you could uh, go to Facebook, put your question on Facebook or uh, on our website at yourcatholicradiostation.com. And again, that number, 877-795-0122. Well, Father Dominic, maybe uh, while we take the uh, next caller, or next question, uh, we can uh, talk a little bit about the, uh, you know, I think I heard this on uh, Morning Glory here just a few days ago, and when you're, the education of our, of our children is a, is a partnership between uh, teachers and, and parents, uh, our, our priests, our pastors, chaplains of our schools. It's a cooperation. And uh, I, I heard this uh, a few days ago about the importance of sitting down with your family for meals. Uh, of, course, of course, when I was growing up in an in a egg, uh, agriculture uh, arena, we had specific times where we come in and we eat 
uh, or else you, you, you miss your meal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but now with uh, uh, today, it's it's a little bit different. Uh, children have busier schedules. Uh, but could you talk a, a little bit about sitting down, the importance of sitting down with your family for meals? Absolutely. Well, more broadly speaking, when when you see a student in class, I would say ninety percent it's of their faith comes from their family. So if you if you're trying to teach, you know, a student who doesn't come from a family of faith, it's it's so difficult. But when you teach a student who's coming from that faith perspective and it's just part of who they are, then <coughs> then you can like build on that. And so what we do, we try to bring everyone on board, but 90% of the faith of their student comes from their family, I would say. Just not like an official stat, mm-hmm. but just so important and 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 for parents who send their kids to catholic schools you can't just say oh i send them to catholic schools that's good enough or even ccd i send them to parish faith formation that's good enough that's really no if you if you can demonstrate to your kids what's most important about my life and that is the faith then they're going to receive that if you don't do that then they're going to have a hard time ever thinking it's important because they don't see that you think it's important and so i can't overemphasize how important it is to communicate that and obviously in our kind of a fractured society where kids are like super busy. That's one of the shocking things. Yeah. Like they're always doing activities. Family meals are so important where you put the phones away and you just like talk as human beings, you know, as family. And one of the things you talk about is, you know, the faith. They'd be like, oh, yeah, what'd you learn in school today? Blah, 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 you know. Yeah. And just to communicate how, how, as mom and dad, we live our faith life. And then the students say, oh, I, I don't care about that, you know, whatever. But they do care about it. And, and when they, when they, or in their rooms thinking about things, they, they think about God, they, they pray, you know? And, yeah, family, I, you can't overemphasize how important just family time is in general, and to be very intentional. That's like the theme of everything in our culture. You have to make concrete choices and say, this is what we're going to do. In spite of all, everything else that's going on, we are going to do this. In spite of everyone else does things this way or that way, we know what's best, and what's best is our faith, spending time with each other, and just being very committed to that. Wonderful. Uh, Father Dominic, thank you very much for that explanation. And, and the, uh, uh, once you hit about junior high, the activities seem to kick into high gear. And it's, even uh, before. Uh, that's just shocking. Like club sports. Maybe it's even, yeah. even before now. A little old fashioned, Mike. Yeah, I yeah. Know, it's, crazy. <laughs> it's been a while <laughs> since I was raising kids. But uh, it's, uh, it's certainly a challenge. Uh, family time is so important, folks. So be intentional. Uh, you know what's right for your kids. And uh, the best time spent is with mom and dad and the rest of the kids. Uh, in the family. So uh, thank you for that uh, answer, Father Dominic. We have Angela on Facebook. Um, She says Hebrews 8 verse 12 states, God has promised to remember our sins no more when we confess our sins. How does that work with the final judgment when our sins again come before us very good question angela thank you uh that's a good one the 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 main thing is god knows all things at all times and nothing is a surprise to god and kind of literally speaking he can't he can't forget he he knows all things and that knowledge is unchanging and so the the epistle to the hebrews and it, it comes up in the old testament a lot you know with forgiveness that he would forget our sins um it's true, he does forget, but not in the sense of like we forget where our keys are 
or you know I forgot my you know some student's name or something like that. He doesn't. It's it's just not possible for God to forget in that way. So what does it mean? It means that he forgets in the sense of he doesn't hold it against us anymore. That it is true when we confess our sins. What I tell people in confession sometimes is your sins stay in the confessional and you walk out of here uh, a free person. And that's true. God. And it, it, one of the saddest things is when someone isn't convinced that they've been forgiven. And so this this verse Hebrews from Hebrews tells us that when we've been forgiven, when we confess our sins sincerely, we are forgiven for good, forever. That sin's never going to come back. You don't have to confess it again. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a bad sin, even if it's you know something that you're very ashamed of or whatever, that sin is forgiven once and for all. And even if at our final judgment, God kind of runs through all the things that we've done in our life, it wouldn't be held against us in the sense that we're still uh, accountable for it. Because someone is accountable for it, Jesus Christ, and by his blood he's covered over that sin. And so the sin is forgotten in the in the culpability and in the, in the responsibility that we have for that on our soul. So it's it's completely erased. And I can't overemphasize that enough. If If you are worried about whether God has forgiven your sin, don't. <laughs> Just to be confident. That's why the, one of the most beautiful things about the sacrament of confession is that you can hear with o- your own ears a human voice saying, I absolve you from your sins. That voice of Jesus Christ saying, I absolve you from your sins. And that's it. It's done. It's over. If you've humbly and honestly confessed your sins, they're forgiven once and for all by the merits of Jesus Christ and uh, by his death and resurrection that we are forgiven. And so what the epistle to the Hebrews is, is just saying in kind of poetic language is those sins that you've confessed are completely erased. Mm-hmm. Very good. Thank you, Father Dominic. It is uh, uh, reassuring what you just said. It is reassuring that, uh, you, you know, you don't have to uh, bring it up anymore in your heart or in your mind. Your sins are forgiven. That's a good point. Actually, it's it's more important in a way that you forget your sins because sometimes we, we're our worst accuser, right? right? And so to have that kind of forgetfulness of, you know, you don't want to be uh, silly about it. Be like, I don't know what I've ever done. But to say, like, okay, I know where I've come from, and I know what's even more important than my sin is the fact that I have a forgiving God, mm-hmm. and he's forgiven me. And I'm not more important than God, so I better forgive myself, too. Uh, you know, one beautiful thing, again, about the sacrament of confession, we just had uh, John Henry Newman canonized yesterday, St. John Henry Newman. And he has this beautiful meditation on why uh, God sent priests to minister to us who are... <coughs> as we all know, especially as a priest, are imperfect human beings just like anyone else. But we're given this task, so when I say, I absolve you from your sins, it's, it's the voice of Jesus Christ that you hear in the confessional. But it's also the voice of Dominic Bauck, a kid from Dickinson that you grew up with and you know, and who has made mistakes, and who's, just like the penitent, a sinner too. And I go to confession, and I have to hear those words. So it's very comforting to know that just like Jesus took on human flesh, he continues to take on human flesh in his priests, and so to have that voice, that audible human voice, say to you, I absolve you from your sins, from, you know, to have that confidence that even he is a sinner and knows what it means. And just to, like, to be a, a, a part of that when people um, come to you, it's, it's like you feel, it's, I love hearing confessions because God's already been active in their hearts. He's already been a part of this person's life enough that they can say, okay, I know where I need to turn. Amidst all the things that I'm going through in my life, I know where to turn, namely God. 
and to say to God honestly and humbly, this is what I've done. And then you get to come in and kind of like put it all in perspective and encourage them of, of God's love and his mercy. And that's what it's all about. That's why you become a priest, to save souls and to, and to really kind of confirm what they've gone through in their life and to say, now God's a part of that. You brought that to God and he, again, he, he forgives it once and for all. And now move on with your life. Be free. And that's what we talked about, like slavery and freedom. God, <laughs> God wants us most of all to be free. And the world and all the things of the world and the devil want us to be ensnared. You know, they, they want us to be attached to whatever they're selling or whatever sin so that you, you, you just don't experience that freedom. And so God, just like, you know, the primary analogy um, for sin is the liberation of the Israelites from Egypt to the promised land, right? And that's, that's a huge a, uh, a symbol of what God wants to do for us interiorly. So over and over in the Old Testament, what's the primary event in the Old Testament? The liberation of the Israelites from slavery into freedom. But that's what goes on in each of our lives. We're all enslaved to sin, original sin. You know, that we, f- from Adam and Eve on, we've sold out to the devil, to everything else, to our own ego, and we say, this is what I want to do with my life. And that enslaves us. Just like they went down to Egypt to get material things, you know, because they had a famine, we get sucked in. And once we get sucked in, we become slaves. And what God wants to do is liberate us. He wants to take us from that slavery into freedom. And just like the Israelites, that, that 40 years in the desert, just right after they got freed, what do they do? I want to go back. I want to go back to those flesh pots. To, to the leeks and cucumbers, which always fascinates me is, man, really, would I want to go back to slavery just to get leeks and cucumbers? Like, maybe I'm spoiled, but that doesn't seem like that uh, that uh, big of a draw. But it is a draw. We all know it in our lives that those sins that we kind of have been ensnared in keep wanting to draw us back. And God is there, you know, through ministers like Moses, through priests, to say, no, we can't go back. God wants to take you to the promised land, which is a land flowing with milk and honey. All those things that you left behind are insignificant compared to the blessings that await you that God wants to give you. And so we're stubborn, we complain, but ultimately we have to recognize that God wants wants us to lead God wants to lead us from that slavery to sin to freedom. And when we experience that freedom, say there's a sin that's kind of bogged us down in our life and we've overcome it, we all know that feeling of wow, it's possible to live life this way. But when you're when you are enslaved to that sin, you can't see clearly. You don't know what the promised land is going to be like. And so just to trust in God that he knows what's best for us, which okay. for us is hard because we're prideful and we're egotistical. Thank you very much, Father Dominic. And we, we have one, uh, one more uh, question from our listening audience. Uh, we have just uh, like 90 seconds. Uh, could you introduce yourself and tell us what year of school you're in? Hi, I'm uh, Sean Hoeger. Uh, I'm a senior here at uh, St. Mary's. Okay. Um, I, I wanted to ask uh, Father Belk, uh, what would he have done if he wouldn't have become a priest? Oh, very good question, Sean. I would have been a drummer just like you are. Sweet. No, I wouldn't have. I have no rhythm. I can't. I played the trumpet in high school along with your son, Mike. We were in the, the drum and bugle corps. I do remember that. We, invented, very, we were the just like, uh, first yesterday. members of that. That was yes, fun. Indeed. We played uh, kung fu fighting at halftime shows. It was fun. We did. Actually, it was with James, your son, that uh, we, we were the kind of in the center, and we, would, we had this whole like routine where we acted out the kung fu fighting during that routine, um, which was fun. So what would I have done? I would have been a professional trumpet player. No, I wasn't. That, I wasn't James is always better than me a little bit. <laughs> I, you know, um, I think, first of all, I would be married. I would have kids. 
you know, a uh, really beautiful wife, very talented and uh, high achieving children that look just like me, good looking. <laughs> and uh, be, I would be rich. <laughs> I, I think I would be a lawyer to answer the question straightforwardly. I think I'd be a lawyer. But I, I know that I'm much happier as a priest than I would be as a lawyer. But uh, it is a good, it's a good question in general because sometimes people, and this is what you see when a priest is in the high school, you know, you see them in their, who they are kind of as a person beyond their priesthood. Because the most important thing that I am is a priest for these students. But I'm also who I am, you know, and, and it's fun to be on here with you, Mike, because you knew me uh, from childhood. And uh, to kind of show them, like, priesthood wasn't the only option, you know, for me. Like, and, and even more importantly, like, you know, people from New York City, the stereotype is, where, where does where does your beef come from? The grocery store. No, but like, where does it come from? Like beyond that? No, it comes from the grocery store. And we in North Dakota kind of look and laugh and say, you don't know, you've never seen a farm in your life, right? It's the same thing with priests. Well, where do priests come from? A priest factory, you know? Okay. <laughs> like they just drop out of the sky. Yeah. And, and to see like, no, they came what? from families just like you. They went to high school just like you. And they have, you know, normal lives. Yes, we're coming up on a hard break here, folks. So thank you very much for coming in, Sean. And uh, thank you to all that uh, called in or wrote in your questions. uh, We will be back with uh, more of the live show just in a few seconds or a few minutes. Stay tuned. 